0: Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Thursday night Parashat HaShavua class. Thank you, everybody, for coming tonight, and enjoying some delicious... Yummy food, chicken wings on the menu tonight, for those that are here in person, for those that are here online, maybe you got better food, probably do got better food at home. And um, what can you say? Perhaps you can join us here live, listening to another Parashat HaShavuah class. And those listening on a future date, on our podcast, FindingHoliness.com or FindingHoliness.Baswa.com, Chazak U please spread, please rate. Please uh, let everybody know that we're spreading Torah tonight, Shi'ur, oh, Baruch Hashem, sponsored by many, many individuals. Let's begin by Mr. and Mrs. Meir Azaguri, in memory of his father, Mr. Abraham Ben Yaakov Azaguri, Zichrono Also by Mr. and Mrs. Meir Ben Chetrit, in memory of her father, Mr. Pinchas Waknin Zichrono By Mr. and Mrs. Joe Ben Iluz, in memory of his father, Itchak Ben Iluz. Zichrona Yivracha, Mr. Jack SS and family, in memory of his wife and mother Su'ad Bad Hasiba Zichrona Yivracha. Mr. and Mrs. Roman Isakov, in memory of his grandmother, Dizalea Bat Bracha, Zichrona Mr. Yaakov Medina, in memory of his uncle, Yosef Ben Abraham Ben Chetrit. And as well, I want to add, shiur be my dear father, Mordechai Ben Aziwena. May the Zechut, the Torah, learning be Luluni Shmat, call all the people that it's in memory of. And Rabbotai, the power of sponsorships. I want to say it again. You know, one sponsor, <laughs> this is here for life. This is Shiur is going to be posted online and it's going to be heard by hundreds of people. You know, you, know, you, you sponsor Seudash you sponsor Kiddush, after the food's eaten, that's it, it's gone. You know, you got to wait till next year. <laughs> but the Shiur is there, it's uploaded, and anyone that listens, it's aliyah to the neshama, in Hashem to Rabbi Hayim, and the words of Torah we say be uh, bring lots of zechuyot to all of Kal Israel and be Ma'alem. the neshamot Hai in shamayim. Amen. Tonight we are studying Parashat Vaishlach, another beauty in Sefer Bereshit. They're all beauties; every single one is is really uh, unreal. Vaishlach is known for this encounter of Yaakov and Esav Esav in multiple ways you have the Esav the angel Esav the fight the wrestling match where Yaakov defeats the archangel of Esav and uh, eventually ends up with a little limp because he's struck on the thigh muscle and I just posted something about Gidah Nasheh feel free to listen to it on the podcast uh, on some deeper significance on on Gidah Nasheh and as well, prior to that, uh, just, just after that is the actual encounter with Isav. You know, Yaakov's is fearing, really fearing for his life because he doesn't know what's going to be when he meets Isav, when he left his parents' house, Isav wanted him dead. No secret about that, straight out in the Torah, and he's going to meet him, he's going to meet him, and it turns out to be not that bad, actually. Uh, and that's what we're going to speak about tonight, following that episode, we have the the unfortunate episode with Shechem and, uh, and Dinah, and then uh, a little lineage of Esav's family. Um, but we're going to focus on that meeting, that encounter, actually what happens right after the encounter. Yaakov Avinu divides his camp into uh, three parts, uh, hoping that, listen, you know, if, if he attacks one, then everyone else will run away. You know, he strategically does this, uh, un, not knowing what is going to be with Esav and how he is going to greet him when they actually meet. But right after the meeting, seems to be all well. They hug, they kiss. Rashi says, is it a real kiss? Is it not a real kiss? Do you really want to bite him? Do you want to kill him? or Whatever it is, but they embrace, they embrace, and um, and then they have a little conversation. What's happening next? Where are we going now that we met in this open field? Esav and his 400 men, Yaakov, and his entourage. So here's the conversation. Esav proposes a very friendly plan. He says, He says, let's travel together. Let's go beyahad. We're here, we're brothers I'm gonna proceed alongside you. Rashi says, what does means velechalegdecha? Besha velecha. At a pace that is equal to yours. Tovazu eeselecha. This is a good thing I'm gonna make, I'm gonna do for you. Shaarecha yamayalahti la lechit leat ka sha tat sarecha vezeo ndhabisha velecha. That I'm traveling slowly, as necessary, to accommodate you, Yaakov. And this, we're going to go whatever pace you want. You want to go slow? We'll go slow. You want to even go slower? We'll go slower. We're going to go together, your pace. Yaakov Avinu, here's the offer. He says, "Thank you very much, my brother." Can't do it. My, you know, my 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 children are very tender. I have nursing flocks and cattle with me. You're going to drive them hard for one day. The, cow, the sheep are going to die. I got a better idea, says. You go ahead of me. And I'm going to make my way slow pace, according to my family and my, my children. Until I meet you in Sa'id. This is, turns out that, Yaakov, that Esav went one way towards Sa'id. Yaakov didn't go there. Yaakov went to a place called Sukkot, and that's where he encamped in Sukkot. Okay. So this, and that, that's really the end of the, uh, we don't know if Yaakov actually meets Esav again until Yitzhak dies. We, don't, we have no uh, uh, recounting of them meeting again after this point. The Ben Yishchai, in his, in his Sefer on the parasha, he views this little dispute or different way of thinking between Aisav and Yaakov as a crucial lesson in the spiritual dangers of befriending and uniting with wicked people. I want to read his words because his words are very powerful. And he says, <laughs> Yosav said, let us travel together. All of a sudden, Esav is like the most brotherly human being. Come, my friend. Come, let's walk. This guy wanted him dead not long ago. Okay. All of a sudden, he switched. He wanted originally came to kill him. But Hashem was there with helping Hashem, uh, Yaakov. Ben says, it seems to me. Later on in, in, in Parashat Shemot, we see that the Egyptians worked the, the, the Hebrews with hard labor. What's be, Befarech? Beferach, with a soft mouth. What does that mean? He says, in Egypt, they gave the Jews some freedom. You want to buy that land, you can buy that land. Oh, you want to invest invest with me in the stock market. You want to come over here. They're letting them be a part of society. This is what happened in Egypt. <laughs> They're enticing them to, to be loose with the, the, the community. <laughs> Until it got to the point where they lost. They lost the way they speak, the way their names, the way they write. And the the whole purpose was to encourage them to follow in their path, learn their ways, be like the Egyptians. This was Paro's advice: to destroy Am Israel, the Jewish people, with the mouth, just entice them with words. Sure, yeah. Come join us. Come to our party. You know, we're in the tis the season. La is, is, you know, we're approaching December. You know, you'd be, you'd be, you be shocked, shocked on how many Jews there are in the world that take that holiday, the one that starts with a C, that we call it an X, and they take it seriously. I, I have uh, in my own neighborhood, my own street, I have a Jew with a mezuzah with a tree, wow. on my own street. See, I see it on my own street. every time I drive by. It's appalling, it's appalling, right? There, like, like this neighbor, there are thousands around the world, assimilated Jews that have just been drawn and sucked into the society of the Goyi because it's nice, I work with them. They're such nice people. Look, they invited me to a Xmas dinner. I'm gonna have a turkey. turkey, but don't worry. I told them to bring plastic plates. Yeah, or, or a plastic cutlery. This is, but this is what, whatever it is. But this is what's happening. This is not. This is not a joke. And like this, you have all, all the all the hagim, <laughs> all the shalos <laughs> Regalim of the non-Jews. This is what's happening. But he says. He says. So this is what's happening right here with Esav. Yavo Nachon Yaakov. This is what when Esav speaking to Yaakov. At first, he wanted to come with him with a sword, to eliminate him. All of a sudden, opposite. No more war. That's it. We're peace. We're brothers. It's the seventies. Yeah, we're all, we're all at peace now. Let us walk together with brotherhood. Wow. This is not love. This is fake love. This is all done through hatred. This is how Esav wanted to get in there and and ruin Yaakov, ruin every spiritual spark that he has, out. That's how he's going to get the revenge. That's how he's going to get the revenge looking for. I, I want to actually just pause here because I always like bringing this up. We see a very similar situation in Parashat Hukat. In Parashat Hukat, the Jews are traveling through the desert, and in the middle of the desert, you, you encounter little uh, you know other kings that are ruling in different parts, little towns or whatever. And one of the people they encounter is Melech Edom, and they have to go. They have to go through Melech Edom, the king of Edom. By the way, Edom is Esav. Okay. <clears throat> That's what uh, this week's parasha actually, and we uh, have to go through. And there's whole, this whole discussion, they sell listen, in. <speaking> in <Hebrew> we're gonna, like, please let us pass through your land. <speaking in Hebrew> we're gonna buy you food from you. We're gonna stay in the hotels. Like we're gonna, you know, just just let us go through. And uh, we know by Edom, Israel. Edom said, no, no, thank you. You're not coming through my land, okay? And uh, went around, I think they ended up going around. <clears throat> next parasha, right after this episode, Aharon's death. This is, not not two after. The next parasha, Aharon, it's time for Aaron to die. How does the Torah describe the death of Aharon? The beginning, the introduction. By Sumi Kadesh, the child from Kadesh, and Vanessa came to Hor-Hahar. Hor-Hahar is the mountain that Aaron died. God spoke to Moshe and Aaron. This was the instruction on how he was going to die. On the border of Eretz Edom. The mountain was on the border of the land of Edom. So Rashi says, why do you have to mention this? Why do you have to tell me that this mountain where Aaron died was on the border of Eretz Edom? Unbelievable, Rashi. Don't forget this, Rashi, for the rest of your life. Everybody listen to this. al Eretz Edom. me magid to teach me, because they, made, they wanted to be mitchaber, to come close to Aisav, they requested, the Jews requested to run through, to go through their city. The Jews wanted, let's go through, and we're going to we'll stay by your hotels, we'll buy the food from you. Because of that request, Nifretzu ma'ashe'em ve'chassru ha'tsadik hazeh. Aharon says, thank you, Akalos uh, 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 Baruch says, thank you very much. <smack> Meaning, tzadikim, die. See, that's exactly what we're saying. We lose the righteous when we meet ha'ber with the goyim. Otherwise, what's the, what's the juxtaposition? What's, what's the connection? Very scary. Very scary to know that we can lose such righteous individuals, holy people, as a result of our willingness to be a part of the goyisher society and what they and what they represent. But what I want to focus on today, and I know we're already quite a bit in, is a gemara. This is going to be the theme tonight. This whole thing with this walking with Esav. A Gemara that also is concerned this this Esav's proposal to Yaakov Avinu, <coughs> Nisav Nelecha, let us go together. There's a story in the Gemara Masechet Chagiga. The story is um, is unbelievable, and it illustrates really the Chokhmah, the special wisdom, by an unbelievable Tanna called Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah. Rabbi Yoshua used to debate heretics used should do for a living. You know, all these uh, Jew, Jews for Jay. And like, I'm, I'm going to come and I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to show you what it is. This was his job. He loved this. And these, these heretics despised the Jews. Many of them were Jews. Like again, the Jew with the, with the tree, right? There, many of them were Jews. And he to do this, not just in, the, on the, in his home, in his backyard. In the presence of the Roman Caesar. This was common. So the story is based on a pasuk in Parashat Vayelech that talks about how Hakadosh Baruch Hu, when we are in exile, God is going to hide His face from us. astid Bayomahu. I will, I will certainly conceal My face on that day. And concerning this pasuk, Rabbi Yosef in the in the in the Gemara states that when Hakadosh Baruch Hu conceals His presence from the Jewish people, still nevertheless Yadon to Ya'alenu. He, he continues to watch us. His hand is still over us. He continues to watch us and prote- protect us. So here's the story. Rabbi Yoshua stands in front of the Caesar while a certain heretic started to provoke him, embarrass him. You Jews are crazy. You know, yeah, your God is nuts. Your mitzvot are crazy. Everything you do is crazy. And uh, without uttering a word, he turned his head. This is not Rabbi Oshua, the, the heretic. He turned his head away from Yerushua, like sign language, turned his head like this. And the gesture was to suggest that Hakados Hu turned his head away from Am Yisrael. Eh, you guys are in exile, you lost your beta midaj, that's it, you have, your God doesn't care about you anymore. That's what the Pasuf says, I'm going to turn my face away. So now, Rabbi Yoshua understood what this guy was saying. And immediately, he gestured with an outstretched hand, stuck out his hand like this. And that was indicating that even though we are in Galut, we are in exile, Hakados paruchu which uh, uh, seemingly hides his countenance, he hides his face, but still Yadonetu Yah Alemu. His hand is still outstretched to protect us. Now, the heretic, the Gemara says, that the heretic had no idea what this meant. He was like this, I don't know, what's he doing, okay? He was too embarrassed that he didn't know in front of the Caesar. Um, so he could he didn't he didn't admit that he didn't know what was going on. Now, what's happening? The Caesar's watching this, and one guy turns his head, the other one goes like this. Well, you know, I don't know. He's, there's got to be something on going on over here. So the Caesar calls in Rabbi Yoshua privately. He says, Listen, what, what did the heretic mean when he did this to you? Ah, he goes, he was honest. He goes, Ah, he's telling us that our God's not watching us, that he turned our face away and uh, we're in exile, so on and so forth. So um, so then the Caesar says, what's the meaning of this? Right? So he said, well, uh, God's still protecting us. So then the, the Caesar and his representative went to the heretic. The heretic says, yeah, when I turned my head, that's what I meant. Your God's gone. He goes, yeah, but did you see the rabbi's response? He went like this. Do you know what that meant? Because to be honest, I don't know what it meant. I don't know what he was doing over there. He was sticking out his hand. So he says, this guy doesn't, can't appreciate, there's no. he doesn't understand what's going on when he sticks out his hand. He can't stand him here in front of us either. They killed him. They killed the heretic. You know, this is like, uh, you know, it's like war with, with gestures, right? They, they killed him, they sent it on a couple. This is a story in Gemara, I'm not making it up. The Gemara <laughs> Later on, the Gemara relates a conversation between the Chachamim and the Rabbi Yoshua, the same Rabbi Yoshua, when Rabbi Yoshua is passing away. It's his last, last days. And the rabbis asked him, we got a problem, Rabbi, after you die, who's going to be the guy to defend us? <laughs> All these years, you were the ones defending us against the heretics mighty Who's gonna defend us from the apikorsin, uh, api the heretics? Rabbi so Yeshua said, "Not to worry." He quotes a pasuk in "Avda meaning, when the counsel has been lost from the children, you should know their wisdom has turned putrid. In other words, if the wise men who are able to defeat the heretics, the wicked. Are no longer found among Klal Yisrael. You should know that in similar fashion, they're not going to have the wisdom to fight against us. And then the Gemara, so from and he learns from that pasuk. And then the Gemara says the kicker, the big chidush. And you should also know where else do we learn this from? From our parasha. The pasuk where Esav tells Yaakov, "Let us walk together. I'm going to proceed alongside you." She says, alongside you on equal terms. This is what this is what was what was meant. So, what, what is going on over here? Esav is the embodiment of evil. He represents ra rasha, all anything evil is Esav. Yaakov avinu kedusha, holiness. After Yaakov successfully subjugated Esav's angel, and a peace to him comes Esav and says, I got an idea. Let's walk together. Esav was stupid. Esav knew Yaakov beat the angel. He goes, let's walk together. Meaning, it's true that my children and I will continue to wage battle against you. This is what Esav's talking about. We know we're going to fight for many, many, many years. But you should know I'm gonna walk alongside you Lenegdecha Beshave on equal terms. The force of evil and impurity will never exceed that of Kedusha. What's being, being hinted over here? If the force of Kedusha is diminished, like, like Rabbi Yeshua said, if the, the wise individuals are no longer, you should know that the force of evil will also be diminished. That's a famous Gemara, when you walk on Friday night back home and the angels say uh, that your house is beautiful and you see a nice uh, gorgeous table with amazing food, delicious food and everything's clean, everyone's happy and singing. And the, bad, the, 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 the good angel says, the next Shabbat should be like this. And what does the evil angel answer? Amen. It has to be. So Esav himself, the, 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 the root of evil, limited the force of evil at that moment. He promised that his power will never exceed that of Kedusha. We're going to walk equally. Now, we've spoken about this in the past. Shlomo Amelch says in in Sefer Kohelet, "Ze le'umat ze asa Elohim," that Hashem made one in accordance with with the other. So Rav Moshe Cordovero, in the the Rambam, writes in in the Sefer, "Reu lanu la'dat ki gam et ze le'umat zeh asha Elohim ki kemos sheyes sad kedusha ve'atahara ve'atzedaka ve'ayosher ve'tov." Just like there's holiness and purity, purity and 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 charity, righteousness. Uh, and goodness, you also have the opposite. You have the tuma, the impurity, and, and all the things that are, tr- are, that are there. And that's how, that's the, the the evil parts of the world, the negative forces are trying to get a person to sway off the good path to a path of, of not good. We see this, the Arizal also brings us, in Gigulim, anyone who is greater than his friend just because you're uh, the Baba Sally, you think you don't have a Yetzirah? the exact opposite the Yetzirah is greater the Yetzirah the Baba Sally is greater than all the laymen the greater person is a greater than the level of Kedushah increases the level of Tumah you have, a, you have a you have a degree of Tumah that increases. So Esau, the, the embodiment of evil, was forced to admit this and 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 a, this arrangement against his will. Let's travel together, beyachad kedusha and tahara. So now, what's the obvious question? If the power of holiness and the corresponding power of impurity are equal, then how do I overcome the force of tuma? How do I overcome the evil in the world? The answer is actually not difficult. Um, these two forces are equal, but Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us a gift that allows us to tip the scales. What's that gift? Torah. When a Jew engages in the study of Torah, he's effectively weakening and subduing the evil forces, the forces of tumah. God said to the Jewish people. I created the evil. I created the evil inclination. But you know what's the remedy? You know what's the antidote? The study of Torah. Study Torah. He's got nothing on you, that inclination. Nothing. So imagine you have two enemies of equal strength. Yeah, Canada and Russia facing in hockey. Yeah okay whoa well, well Canadians are better okay but you know Canada and Russia were like it was a it was a, it was a coin flip right in the good old days a coin flip sometimes Canada sometimes' it's Russia all right now they're standing opposite each other on the field of battle on the ice now the two two enemies that are fighting they're fighting more on the battle they're exactly equal but if one of them is able to expose and reveal a concealed sword one Thing that that gives him the advantage and the opponent doesn't have that weapon if you put Ken Dryden in that and the, uh, the Russians don't have the the goalie oh, forget about it that's it we got the advantage the Canadians are going to win so that is the battle of kedusha versus Tum'a. yes the forces are equal in strength but we have the Torah study Tavid HaMelech says in Tehilim, "Hagor al strap your sword up upon your thigh. And Rashi says, why do I need to have a sword on my thigh? Lehilacheh shel Torah, to wage battle on behalf of the Torah, because now I have a weapon that the Tum'ah lacks. And now the, those evil forces can be vanquished. Beautiful little tidbit that Rav Friedman brings here, if this repulsive one engages you, who's a repulsive one? The If he engages you, drag him to the Bet Midrash. If he's a stone, it will dissolve. And if it's like an iron metal, it will shatter. So say you perceive that he is of equal strength to your Yetzirah Tov. My Yetzirah is equal to my Yetzirah Tov, like we said, evil is equal to the purity aspect. And you questioned yourself, what am I going to do to defeat this? Well, there's a, an allusion to this. Menuval, menuval, the repulsive one. If you take the shortage of it is Nun Vav Vav lamed, is a Rasha abbreviation, nisa. The four words in this week's parashah where Esav tells Yaakov, let us come together. What is the repulsive one? What is considered repulsive? What is the yetzara when Esav comes and tells you, come, let's walk together? When the non-Jews are here, come, come with me, come, let's go celebrate, let's go have a party, let's go celebrate, the thanksgiving, uh, thanksgiving, whatever, restaurant, I'm only gonna have a salad, I'm only, everyone's got their own excuse, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all kosher, but, but it's okay. Once you start that, navel, navel, nisav, that's the yetzara, that's the evil. So what do you do? Mosheu midrash. You gotta drag that. The, but that's the only way you're gonna win. That's the only way you're gonna outpower, over, uh, overcome that evil is by dragging to, to Torah study. That's your concealed weapon to subdue the Yetzirah. Most If it's a stone, it will melt. If it's iron, it will it will burst. By the way, tonight is Tet Vav kislev. Uh, we're recording this Thursday, November 18th, 2021. But it's also Ted Vav Kislev. What's significant of Ted Vav Kislev? Ted Vav Kislev is a Hilula of Rabbi Yudan Nasi. Rabbi Yudan Nasi was the compiler of all the Mishnayot. Torah Shebe All right. And, uh, and you know, he was one of the last Tanaim. He took all the statements of Rabbi Udan, Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Shimon. And he put them all in what we know as the Mishnah which is to start the law of Why is this important? Because Rabiud Danassi was a Nitzot, was a Gilgul of Yaakov Avin. In fact, HaNasi stands for who Nitzot Shel Yaakov Avin. <laughs> That's what it stands for. And by the way, I'm not going to get into this now. I think we may have even spoken to this in, previous, in the previous class, but Rabbi Danassi always used to have dialogue with who? Antoninus. Who is Antoninus? A Gilgul of All right? So they always, even that, so it's very much relevant what's happening. And as, and by the way, they were friends, you should know, friend, acquaintances. They had a good dialogue, but they, it was always kept separate. Rabbi Uda was Rabbi Uda Nasi. He was, the, there was a the president, that's why he was called Nasi, of the whole Jewish world. He was the leader of Kali Israel. And what he put on the table, what he served to, to, to the Jewish people, very few people. Maybe the Rambam, Rebidah Nasi, uh, you know, who, who can match what, what they did? The Mishnah, oh, Mishnah. And no, we don't have any Gemara without the Mishnah. So that's what it is. The Torah. The Torah that we're talking about. To pull away ourselves from Esav, again tonight, the Hilulah Rabbi Nasi. So now, let's continue. Yaakov refuses the request. Okay, so Esav says, come, let's walk together. Yaakov says, sorry. I got, uh, you know what? I got a better idea. You walk ahead, and I'm going to go slow pace according to the gate of my, my the work that is before me, the, the the pace of my children. In other words, Yaakov does not agree to the terms of Esav's proposal to walk as equals, but this requires some explanation because we just said that it's an established principle. So Esav wasn't wrong when he said let's walk together. So what does Yaakov, what's, you know, if it's an established principle, what does it mean? And we we also said whoever is greater than his colleague possesses a greater Yetzirah. So how do we understand Yaakov in his refusal? So based on the response to Esav, a Chachamim established a Halachan Shulchan Aruch in Yoredea Kuf Nun Gimel seif Gimel that's very dangerous to travel together on the road with an idolater. It's based on a Gemara, Masechet, I'm going to read you the Gemara. If you are a Jew, and you happen to encounter a non-Jew on the road, and you're walking, if you're going up or you're going down, you shouldn't be down, and the the non-Jew on top of you. Ela, Yisrael lemalah veovet kochavim lematel. You on top, him below. Rashi says, "Baliyad yelech yisel ifniavet kochavim dehaynu lemalah." On the way up, the Jew um, should be in front. Okay. Ubeirida yoli chavet kochavim lefanav vealiyasuach lefanav. And don't bow down in front of him. Shemayarutz et gulgalto, lest the idolater crush his skull. In other words, what are you worried about? Simple. He's going to kill him. <laughs> Don't walk with Jew, Okay? Don't walk in front of... Him. He, he, well, you know, he's going to come, he's going to kill you. So that's why he says, where do we learn this from? <laughs> like Yaakov Avinu did with Esav. You know, Esav, I'll meet you in Seir. And Yaakov went to Sukkot. <laughs> right? Basically, keep your distance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't walk with I have it quoted over here. It, you have to be worried about Shafiqut Amin. They might kill you. Be, be very, very careful. So, what do we see? Yaakov did not want to travel with Esau because of the danger that was involved. So they tell Esaab, I want you to go ahead of me. And Yaakov feared that if he was, if, if Esau would have fallen behind him, he might attack him suddenly and might get killed. Now this strategy, actually has spiritual ramifications. Rabbi Yoshua taught us, Esav intended that the powers of Kedushah and the powers of Tumah should be parallel. They should be equal. But And, and in truth, there is a principle, that they are equal. Uh, and, and, and we learned that engaging in Torah study allows the Jew to overpower the Yetzirah. But this, Rabotai, hinges on one very crucial condition. This whole thing that we said, that if you study Torah, you can out- overcome the, the evil, one condition. You have to remain on guard. You have to remain on guard constantly, without pause, always remembering that Esav's ministering angel, the Yetzirah, the enemy, is waiting there to trap you. He's waiting there to kill you. And he cannot lose sight of that. A Jew cannot forget about that for one moment, one second, thinking that the Yetzirah left me alone. And it's abandoned me. And it's not going to bother me again us Kedushin shel Adam The Yitzro of a person renews itself; it renews the efforts each and every single day of a person. shel Adam bekol yom The Yitzro threatens to overpower him every day and seeks to kill him. So Yaakov Avinu told Esav, "Yes, I agree with your principle. I understand that the Tumah will never over overcome the Kedusha." And that if the kedusha ever decreases, also the Tumah is going to decrease. But I didn't, I won't agree to traveling together with you as a brother and a friend. rakim You know that my children are tender. You know that my, I have nursing flocks and cattle upon me. Utfakum yom echad They will drive them hard for one day and all the flocks will die. In other words, I'm not afraid to go with you, Esav. This is what Yaakov is saying. I already beat you. I already beat your angel. I, I met your angel. We fought. I defeated him. I'm Israel now. I'm not afraid. But my children, and my flock, they, they didn't get the vaccine. <laughs> they, they're, they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable. I've, I've already conquered you. I know what it is. But my children... My descendants, no, they're not capable of being constantly on watch yet. And therefore, you pose a danger to them if you're going to travel with us. And I fear that if I do travel with you, utfakum yomehad, you are liable to attack us, and one day you will smash us down. You will crush our skulls spiritually with those temptations. Umetu and we're gone, and we're finished. This is what Yaakov's response. So therefore... We're not going to travel together. You go ahead so that my young and my flock will keep an eye on you from a distance and we're going to be watching you and the danger that you pose. I'm going to proceed slowly and I'm going to educate my children. I'm going to teach him what Isab is, who Isab is, what they, what he represents to protect themselves from an ambush, a spiritual ambush that's planned for them. Until I meet with you in Sa'id. Rashi says, "What Sa'id? The times of Mashiach, he says. Yaakov's informing Isab that at the time of Mashiach, the ultimate redemption, when the Yetzirah is going to be eliminated from the world, That's when I won't have to worry anymore. Then we can yalla travel, because you can't touch me. Mashiach here. Jews are the kings of the world. Everyone's going to be recognized. Then we'll walk together. But that's what you're going to have to wait for. And we see that in many different places. Whew. Unbelievable. Let's look at one more point, and then we'll conclude. To go back to that story of Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania. I want to go back to that little episode with the heretic. Again, the heretics he swerved his head. Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania stuck out the arm. This Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania, by the way, was one of the prime students of Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai. And Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai said about him, Ashre right? Praiseworthy, is the one who gave birth to him. Um, so, this whole concept of Yado Netuya alem, that God still has his arm outstretched. He protects us. The Meshach the great author of the Rav Meir Medvinsk, the Or Sameach, he says an interpretation on the Gemara's elucidation of a Pasuk. In Sefer Devarim it says, kolamea aretz, the whole nations of the world will see, ki shem Adonai alecha," that the name of God will be called upon you, mekan," they're going to fear you. The nations of the world are going to fear you. Rabbi Eliezer ha-Gadol Omer, Elu Tefillin Shebaros This is represents the Tefillin on the head. The Tefillin of the head instills fear in non-Jews, That's why they're going to fear you. At the same time, on the other hand, the Gemara then elucidates, leot ad There should be an arm. There should be a sign on your arm that's a Tefillin shel yad. The Gemara says, "Lecha leot," a sign for you the Jews, mm-hmm. so the Yad, which remains covered, unlike the Tefillin rosh, we're aware of the presence, we're wearing them, but outsiders are not aware of the presence. So says the Meshach, mm-hmm. He says during the times of the Beit HaMikdash, at the time of the future, when Mashiach as well, when Hashem's presence is known throughout the world, then HaKadosh Paruchu is going to illuminate the world with Tefillin Shel Rosh, in addition to the Tefillin Shel Yad. We already know Tefillin Shel Yad. The Tefillin Shel Rosh is going to be revealed for everybody to see. Fear is going to be instilled in the hearts and the minds of the Goyim. But during exile, during Galut, when Hashem is, uh, when Hashem is concealed, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals Himself in this world only with the Tefillin Shel Yad. Lechaleot, the Jews know who Hashem is, but the rest of the nations, they don't fear Him. It's covered. And therefore, God employs the mechanism of feeling Shaliyad. So says the Meshach Chochma, this is the interpretation of the story with Rabbi Yosua and the heretic. The heretic gestured to Rabbi Yosua by turning his head away. That HaKadosh Baruch also turned his head away from Am Yisrael, in keeping with the notion that in Galut, God is going to hide his face. And under those circumstances, the Tfilin Childros, which instills fear in the nations of the world, is not revealed because it's hidden. God is hidden. So, what does Rabbi Yoshua gesture back to him? The hand. netuya That the hand is stretched over Klaal Israel. And although it's unseen, it's a tefillin shalyad. We know. The Jewish people know that God is still protecting us. Says the Maharsha on this Gemara. He says, Yadonetu ya'alenu, that, th- that God's hand is outstretched over us. He says, it's taken from the words of the prophet, Yeshayahu, Ki Hashem sevaot. He says, they abhorred, the Torah of God. And the words of the Holy One they scorned. Therefore, God got angry at his nation. When he stretched his arm and he struck them this to the Jews. Because they, 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 disregarded the Torah. God didn't, his wrath did not cease. And his hand is still stretched out. So the conclusion of the pasuk, netuya, his hand is still stretched out, is actually a benefit for Klal Yisrael. Although HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid his face from Yisrael and is still angry with us, we're in Galut. If he wasn't angry with us, we wouldn't be in Galut. We wouldn't be in exile. We'd be all be in Eretz Yisrael. Aaron Kohen, Moshe We'd have it all, but we're not there. So he's angry at us. But nevertheless, the outstretched arm continues to protect Am Yisrael. And the Me'asha points out that whenever we see in the Torah, the word Yad, alone, it's the left hand. Because if it was the right hand, it would have said Yamin. By the way, that's why Yad Echa, Yad Echa is your left arm. Most people, it's your left arm, it's your weaker arm, which is your left. So the Yad Yadonetuya ya is referring to the left arm. What is the distinction between left and right? We know that. How many times have we said the right is the attribute of chesed. And the left is attribute of Deen of Justice. Chesed deroah Yemina Gevura deroah semala. Right, so that's what it is. So Akados Baruch, in the time of exile, drew back the, the right hand. He drew back the he drew back the the chesed when and now the attribute of justice is in force, a left hand. So now, why does the prophet, why does Ishayahu say, Ve'od tuya, that the hand is still stretched out in reference to the left hand? And even during times of exile, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is managing us with the left hand din, but it's still stretched out over us to protect us. And that's what the heretic signaled to Rabbi Yehoshua, that God hid himself from us. It's times of exile. He's not protecting you. And what does Rabbi Yeshua do in return? He stretches out his arm, but not just any arm. He stretches out the left hand. That even in the time of Deen, even in the time of Gevura, God is still protecting Cloud Yisrael. Ve'od yadon netuya, it's a reference to the, to the periods of Galut and exile. That Although God has withdrawn the right hand from Am Israel, the chesed that, that, is nor, that is pulled back, but there's still a chesed. He's doing chesed with the Deen, with the left hand. He ensuring and that they remain in Galut in order to correct everything that they need, so that they can come together at the time of the Geulah properly, so that it's that it's, that it's complete. But when the wicked, when the Reshaim overstepped their bounds, when they oppress Am Israel beyond what they're allowed to, then the, and Am Israel are no longer able to fulfill their mission because because. We're getting slaughtered and we're getting uh, uh, influenced by everybody around us. Then Akados Hu needs to use the left hand and protect us and make sure we don't go too far. He's upset at us because he sees what's going on in the Jewish world, he sees horrific stories amongst the observant and the non observant. Just because you have a keep on your head, just because you have a, you're wearing teeth that doesn't make you a tzaddik. Doesn't make you kosher. It's unfortunate. And God is upset, because we're still here. And that's the ingen- ingenuity of Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah. He wanted to mock, the heretic wanted to mock Rabbi Yoshua. Ha! God. God, I turned his face. he got nothing on you guys, you guys. You guys, your fault, he's saying. It's your fault. You caused him to hide his face. Look, he's not even showing you the right hand, the no chesed. But comes to Rabbi Yosua and outsmarted him by extending the left hand. With that motion of the hand, he imposed a full measure of law upon that heretic. Wow! Because what happened to the heretic? He died. He died. He missed it. He missed the whole boat. You're, it's, you are not allowing us. You're not allowing us to to, to complete our mission. It's you guys. And therefore, you're going to be struck down with the same left hand that's protecting us. We're going to strike you down. HaKadosh Baruch Od And this is what the Meshech Chochma means. During times of exile, here in Galut, we lack the guidance. We lack the process that's associated with the Tfilin Shadros, which fills the nations of the world with fear. But nevertheless, we still merit at least a protection and the supervision of and guidance, according to the Shel Shelyad, these Tfilin are on the left hand, the weaker hand, an exact strict punishment on the enemies of Qal Israel who oppress us, who hinder us from accomplishing our mission in Galut. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's left arm and the Shel Shelyad that will continue to guide us every step of the way until it's time for the final and complete redemption. And at that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reface He will turn his face back and we will see that face, the Tfilin Shedrosh, the light of the Tfilin Shedrosh that will instill fear, trepidation amongst the nations of the world. Rabotai, how important it is. This is no question one of our major missions in life as we hope for Mashiach to come, educating our children what it is to be a Jew and how precious it is to uh, to have the Torah and the mitzvot with us. There are so many different pits and, and, and holes that a person can fall into, that a person can th- become trapped into the disgust and the impurities of this world and it's all around us and it's really up to us, we're the only ones that can educate our children when Yaakov Avinu told Esaf, listen I know I can beat you but I need to keep my kids at bay, I need to push, I need to keep them aside, they're not yet of age I'm sorry we cannot walk with you <laughs> We're going to keep a distance. (laughs) And oi v'avoy, por mi. If you try to lay a hand on us, if you try to prevent me from that education, if you try to prevent me from teaching my future generations, what is ultimate truth? God will come down and He will come down strong. And that's when you're going to fear. We already know it. We already have the tefillin sheliyad. It's mechusay. You don't know it yet, but it's coming. Be'zat Hashem the effort that we put into this idea, this notion, we will be zocheh to meet at Har Seir in the time of Mashiach, and we will show B'nei Aisab, we will show all the nations of the world, Shem and we are His children. Wishing everybody a wonderful night. Good night. Kotub.